0: Well, uh, several years ago, several pastors kept telling me to do this, and I absolutely, to start with, said I'm not going to do it. Uh, finally, so many of them told me that, I, they finally convinced me, and, and from day one, I, I have seen the results in people's lives. I'm going to introduce, we usually have simulcast to our campuses and our online. But today we're simulcasting, in a way, all the way from Dallas, Texas, because Robert Morris is a man that God has raised up, giving him, I believe, a mantle to speak on this subject that has touched probably millions of lives. He is a man that is an extravagant giver. He is one that knows what the Word says, as we should also, but he's going to share with us today Uh, on video, and uh, so I wish he was here in person, but he's he's busy, all right? So anyway, he is coming to us on video, and I pray you open your heart to it. Listen, this message, for some of you, if you'll just open your heart, is going to be a life-changing message, not only in you and your kids' lives, even in your grandkids' lives. So listen, let God speak to your heart, as we go to The Blessed Life, Robert
1: Morris. God bless you. We're in a series called The Blessed Life, and the title of today's message, um, I got this title from something that I used to say a lot when I was in school. The title of this message is, What Test? (laughs) Any of you relate to this? Did you ever have that experience? You walk into class and everyone's got their books out and they're studying and they say, are you ready for the test? And you say, what, what, test? what test? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do well uh, in school. Um, but I am proud of myself because I graduated in the top 10% of the lower one third of my graduating <laughs> class. So I'm proud of myself for doing that. But the reason I named it what test is because many believers don't know that there's a test in the Bible, and you actually take this test every time you get paid. So let's, let's take a little survey here. Uh, all the campuses and all the churches that are joining us, uh, how many of you get paid once a month? Can I see your hand? Put your hand up. How many of you get paid either every other week or uh, uh, twice a month? Can I see your hand? So that's most of us. How many of you get paid every week? I see. How many of you never get paid? You, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, but if you ever get paid, you'll take a test. The test is: whom are you going to thank for your income? And you take that test by what you do with the first 10% of your income. Whom are you going to thank? Whom are you going to worship? for your income. You know, some people think Visa It's the first one they pay. The only problem is that Visa does not have the power to bless your finances, Amen. but God does. So uh, turn to two passages, please, Malachi chapter three, last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter three, and then Second Chronicles 31, we'll go over there in a moment, and we're gonna go through a lot of scripture in this message, uh, and I wanna show you that tithing is scriptural, and it is in God's Word. So Malachi chapter three, verse six, this is where we'll start, Malachi three, six. For I am the Lord, I do not change. That's very important. I don't change, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Now I think that's humorous, he says, I don't change, that's why I haven't killed you yet, uh, personally. (laughs) what I think he's saying there. I was nice and I'm still nice. All right. (laughs) Verse seven. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. Now we're going to come back to that word ordinance. What does it mean? And have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way? Shall we return? Now, before we read verse eight, let me just remind you, this is God talking, this is God, the God who does not change. This is the God who does not change talking. He said, you, you, you go away from my ordinances. I just need to probably tell you, the word ordinance means a principle of ordinary behavior. You've gone away from my principles of ordinary behavior for, for God's children. And they say, well, in what way? Now, I want you to notice this, because this next verse, a preacher didn't make this up. Okay, this is God speaking. Verse eight, will a man rob God or steal from God? Yet you have robbed me, you've stolen from me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Now watch again, this is God talking, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That would be the church. That there may be food in my house. Again, that's the church. And try, the the old King James uses the word prove. Uh, The English Standard Version uses the word test. Test me now in this, says says the Lord of hosts. I just want you to notice how many times he puts says the Lord of hosts so we remember who's talking here. The one who can't change is talking. Test me, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, it, it, he's, this is God talking, and this is the God who can't change. You have to remember that. And he says, you've gone away from my ordinances. You've gone away from my ordinary principles of behavior. Uh, tithing is an ordinary principle of behavior for God's children to thank God for their income, for their harvest, for their increase. That's an ordinary principle. And he said, because you've gone away from my ordinary principles, you're under a curse now. And you need to understand so many times we say, well, Christians can't be under a curse because Christ bore the curse of the law on the cross. He did, that is in regards to our salvation. But are you saying then that you can live any way you want and, and it doesn't affect you? Is that what you're saying? Because that's, that's just crazy to think that way. See, see uh, the, if, we, if we steal, there are consequences. A curse is a consequence. If you steal, there's a consequence. What if you steal from God? And and so many people say, well, yeah, but the the Lord owns it all. Yes, but he actually gives us stewardship over it, but he reserves 10% for himself. That's why he says you've stolen, because he says, I have set apart the tithe for the house of God. So if you keep it, you're stealing it. And this word is also used in Joshua 6 and 7. When they took the tithe, they were supposed to bring, he said, Israel has stolen, stolen. And again, please, please hear me. I, I didn't make these words up. These are strong words. God says, you've stolen from me. You've robbed me and because of that you're under a curse and I don't want you under a curse. I don't want you living under a curse, but you're voluntarily placing yourself under a curse because you're going away from my ordinary principles of behavior. Now, um, I had a conversation with the Lord one time about this passage because this is probably the most famous passage on tithing, although there are many passages on tithing and I'll show you some of them today. But this is probably the most famous one. And so, I had a conversation with the Lord one time and I said, Lord, uh, uh, the number one reason that I hear that people don't tithe is they say, well, that's in the Old Testament. That's in the Old Testament. And so I said to the Lord, "Um, you know, Lord, you put this in Malachi three and then there's Malachi four and then Matthew one. Couldn't you have just waited? (laughs) I mean, just a little while. I mean that, you know, these verses only miss the New Testament by like 15 verses. I mean, couldn't you just wait it just a little while and put it, you know what the Lord said? To, I just felt in my spirit, he said, I put it right where I wanted it. And the reason is, here's point number one, because tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. See, God is testing our hearts. Even when a person argues about tithing, I think to myself, What is the spirit behind this? Why would this person argue when God gave his son for you and you won't even give him 10%? Why would you argue about this? It's amazing to me. I'm telling you, it's a test of your heart. It's a test. Now, uh, here's why I believe uh, he chose 10%. By the way, the word tithe uh, is a Hebrew word. Ma'ashrah is the Hebrew word. And it means 10th part or 10%, 10th tenth part, 10th. Okay, so that's where we, we get this from that we know it's 10%. Okay. Here's why I think he chose 10%. First of all, I think he chose a percentage because it's fair to everyone. It doesn't matter if you make 30,000 or 300,000, it's a penny on every dime. It's the same for every person. Uh, but here's the reason I think he chose 10, because for some reason, Many times when you see the number 10 in the Bible, it represents testing. You'll actually see the word test with it. Uh, for instance, let me, let's, let's take a little test, all right? I'm gonna ask, ask you a question and I want you to answer me uh, out loud. Uh, all the campuses, all the churches, just say your answer out loud, all right? Here's the first question. How many plagues were there in Egypt? 10. 10, right? Now, I could've said it a different way. I could've said it, how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? because that's what he did, but we're familiar with how many plagues there were. All right, here's the second question. How many commandments are there? 10. 10, okay. Um, now, I'm gonna ask another question, and you might not know this, but there's a, a pattern <laughs> here, okay? And this is in Numbers 14 where God actually says this. You can read it later, all right? But, and then I want you to say your answer just a little louder, okay? Uh, how many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? That's correct. All right. How many times, again, you might not know this, but okay. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Ten. Ten. God was testing his heart. How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples were there? No, there were 12. I was just testing (laughs) you. I was just just testing you. So tithing is a test. And, but here's something that you might not know, it's a two-way test. God not only tests you, but this is the only place in scripture that I've found where God says, you can test me. Test me. This word try, that is sometimes translated test or prove, uh, it comes from uh, the way you test a metal, the way you test gold to see if it's pure. You know what God is saying? Test me to see if I'm pure. Test me. I want you to. I want you to see because I want to open the windows of heaven. I want to bless you. I want to rebuke the devourer for you. But it depends on whether you're going to thank me and worship me and walk in faith and whether you're going to believe that 90% with God's blessing will go farther than 100% without. And you open an area of faith when we do this. Again, I hear people say things like, you know, is was that Old Testament. Or someone will say, well, you know, that's under the law. Tithing was under the law. Well, first of all, I'll show you some scripture that tithing was way before the law, hundreds of years before the law, and after the law, and in the New Testament. So I'll show you those scriptures, all right? But uh, I don't understand that argument. Well, it was under the law, and I'm under grace now. Now, I'm not saying we do it, because obviously we're saved by grace, but there are principles that were under the law that we should still walk in as believers. Thou shalt not commit adultery was under the law, are you saying, as a believer, you can, you can walk in adultery and, there, and, and no consequences? Uh, Thou shalt not murder was under the law. Are you saying that because it was wrong under the law, now it's right under grace? See, it's crazy. All right, let, let me give you an example. Um, uh, Pastor Todd, um, give me your wallet. Just, just give me your wallet, okay? Yeah. There you go, thanks, okay. I'm gonna keep this because thou shalt not steal was under the law, and I'm a believer, and so I can steal, and it's okay. Okay, let me just ask you something, is that foolish? Yes. It's crazy, that's yes. yep. crazy. Okay, so I'm, because I'm not gonna keep your wallet, there's not even any money in it. <laughs> so, all right, so there, you can keep your wallet. what'd you do? What'd you do? What did you do? Why is, everyone, why is everyone laughing? You took your money out? I tell you before the service, I'm going to do this illustration and you take your money out. I'll get you back. All right. All right. Here's number two. Number one, tithing is a test. Here's number two. Tithing is biblical. Biblical, you need to know that it's biblical. There are a lot of people that, that don't tithe, and, and here's really, you're, you're not a bad person if you don't tithe, you're not a bad person. Uh, I'm not saying that at all, not at all. You're not a rebellious person, but a lot of people don't really believe it's in the Bible. They don't really believe it's for us today. So let me show you some scriptures, all right? We'll get to 2 Chronicles 31 in a moment. Genesis 14, verses 18 through 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem means peace, brought out bread and wine, there's a representation of of communion even in the Old Testament, he was the priest of God most high and he blessed him, now that's talking about Abram, Abraham, Abram, and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now watch this, and he, that's Abram, Abraham, gave him, that's Melchizedek, a tithe of all. You, you need to know, if you don't know this theologically, this is about 500 years before the law. And Galatians says Abraham's our spiritual father. And Melchizedek, Hebrew says, is a type of Christ, and many theologians believe it's actually Jesus Christ because it says he has no gene- genealogy. That's what Hebrew says, no mother, no father, no, no beginning of days, no end of life. It's pretty amazing. So it's either Jesus himself or a type of Christ. And our spiritual father tithes, gives 10%, 500 years before the law. Because it's a principle. And I'm going to take you next week and show you 2,500 years before the law the same thing. I'll show it to you next week, all right? Look, look at Genesis 28, verse 22. This is talking about Jacob. And this stone which I've set up as a pillar shall be God's house. Again, an implication that the tithe goes to God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. This is about 400 years before the law. Leviticus twenty-seven thirty. And all the tithe of the land, all of it, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. In other words, it belongs to God. It is holy to the Lord. Remember the word holy means set apart. God has set it apart for him. That's the only reason he could say, you're stealing from me. Because I set that apart for my house, and if you keep it, then you're stealing it. Uh, Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 and 2. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it that you shall take some of the first, I'll show you next week in just a moment and later down in this passage, how that refers to the tithe. First of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you put it in a basket, now watch this, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Again, referring to church, where you you go to church. You go to a place where the Lord chooses to make his name abide. Then look at verse 13 then you shall say before the lord your god i have removed the holy tithe in other words the set apart 10 percent, the holy tithe from my house and have given them to the levite the stranger the fathers, and the widow he, he directed where the tithe was to go according to all your commandments which you have commanded me i've not transgressed your commandments nor have i forgotten them i've not eaten any of it when in mourning i didn't use some of the tithe when i went through a difficult time nor have I removed any of it for any unclean use. Think about how sometimes we use our money actually for sinful purposes. And some of it, and we might be using the tithe. It's just amazing to me how the Bible says this. Nor given any of it for the dead, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me, look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people. I've removed the holy set apart 10th part from From my house, and I've given it, brought it to your house, Lord. And now, he says, after you do that, you can pray this prayer look down from heaven and bless your servant. Okay, let me ask you a question, all right? If Jesus himself, if Jesus himself said, you ought to tithe, would you tithe? Okay, I'm gonna go ask these people over here. Okay, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Let me ask all of you, okay? Campuses, all the churches. If Jesus himself said you ought to tithe, would you tithe? Yes. Okay. Here's the sad part. Some of us still have to think about it. That the one that bled and died on the cross, if he said you ought to give 10%, we still have to think about it. Okay. So, let me put it another way. If Jesus said it that you ought to tithe in the New Testament in red. Uh-huh. Would you do it? You want to see the verse? Matthew twenty three twenty three, Jesus is speaking. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe, 10%, of mint, anise, and cumin. Those are spices. And have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Watch very carefully. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Here's what Jesus said, you guys give tithes, not only of your first fruits, but you even give tithes of the spices that you're gonna put on your food. But you've neglected justice, mercy, and faith. Then Jesus says, you ought to do that. You ought to do that, but don't leave the other undone. Now, one time after service, a guy came up to me and said, Pastor, I think that these you ought to have done refers to justice, mercy, and faith. I said, I don't don't think it does grammatically, and I don't think it does even in the original language, but I said, let's just say for a moment that that your perspective is is right. Let's just say this. These you ought to have done refers to justice, mercy, and faith. I said to him, what does the rest of the verse say? Without leaving the other... Undone. I got you either way. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm joking. I'm not trying to be arrogant about this. I'm just trying to take a, a difficult subject and, and put some humor in. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. You tithe, but you don't do this. You ought to do that, but don't leave this undone. Or you ought to do those things, but don't leave that undone. Either way. I'm sitting here thinking, this is. I just, I'm hoping it's hitting you. I mean, it's Jesus, New Testament. Okay, Hebrews talks about, again, Melchizedek and Jesus, and how mortal men receive tithes on this earth, but let me show you what Hebrews says, talking about Jesus is our Melchizedek. Watch this, Hebrews seven, verse eight. Here, mortal men, receives, receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Listen, you put your tithe in a plate or offering bag or basket or however the church does where you attend that that receives that when you give your offering. Here we have boxes. Most people give online. However it is that you give your tithe. Mortal men take care of it, manage it, things like that. But listen, in heaven, he receives it, of whom it is witnessed, he lives. Jesus Christ receives my tithes. (laughs) That makes me wanna tithe. So, uh, it is biblical, and here's number three. Tithing is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. Okay, so let me tell you about uh, 2 Chronicles 31 now. We're gonna read there. So if you put a marker there, 2 Chronicles 31. Um... Hezekiah one day is reading the scriptures and he sees these verses about tithing and they're in an economic recession and he realizes we're under a curse, the whole nation, because we're not tithing, we're, we're stealing from God. So that's where we pick up the story, 2 Chronicles 31, verse 4. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Now, just, one, just, just stop for just a moment. Um, remember, Malachi said, bring the tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And again, they were talking about natural food, but think about it today, spiritual food. All right, let me just ask you something, all right? Do, when, you, when you come to church, do you enjoy the food, the spiritual food that you get? Do you enjoy it? Okay, someone's paying for it. Now, I know I'm being blunt. I'm not trying to be blunt. I'm not trying to be offensive in any way. I'm, I'm just just a reality. Someone's paying for this building. Someone's paying for utility. Someone's paying for the staff salaries. Someone's paying, not, not just for me to devote myself to the Word of God and to bring messages, but for uh, all the staff, for the youth ministry, for children's ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry, for the uh, you know, teaching classes, for, for us, we, we have Kairos and Freedom Ministry and all this, Okay, someone's paying for that. Okay, let me, so let me ask you a question. Let me just put it in a. Talking about food here, let me give you an analogy. Would any of you here go to a restaurant, eat a meal, and then leave without paying for it? Any of you? Some Christians do that every week. They go to church, eat a meal, and skip out on the check. Here's here's the sad thing. You're the one that's hurting. I I don't preach on tithing because the church needs money. We're, we're, We're doing fine financially. We're doing fine. As a matter of fact, speaking just to Gateway Church right now, you're the greatest giving church I've ever known in my life. You're phenomenal. So I'm not doing this because, you know the elders got together and we, you know the budget's down. The budget's up. We're okay. I'm doing this. Listen to me. I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, and I say this before God, I'm doing this because of you. I promise you, I'm doing this to help you. This will change your life, your family, your finances, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. This will change you. I promise you) All right, so he puts out, he says, everyone needs to bring the tithe to the house of God. Now, look at verse five. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits, again, I'll show you next week how that relates to the tithe, of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. There it is right there, showing you, it's the tithe. And the children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah brought the tithe of oxen and sheep. Also the tithe of holy things which were consecrated to the Lord their God, they laid in heaps. In the third month they began laying them in heaps and they finished in the seventh month. Now these months relate to the harvest, okay? And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priest and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah the chief priest from the house of Zadok answered him and said, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, again the tithe always goes to the house of God, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left for the Lord has blessed his people. And what is left is this great abundance. Okay, here's what happens. Uh, The the king sends out this uh, commandment and says, "We're, we're supposed to be tithing to the house of God. So the people begin doing it. They begin in the third month, which is a harvest time, but then there's another harvest, the seventh month. And they continue through that time. And, and so when the king comes to visit and he sees these heaps, heaps that the people brought to the house of God. Here, here's what in essence he says. It says he questioned them about the heaps. Here's what he's saying. Are the people okay? Are they okay? I mean, look, look how much they've given. Or do they have enough left? And the priest said, Oh, king. As soon as the people started to do it God's way, God so blessed them. What you're seeing here is just the 10%. If you think there are heaps here, go look at the 90%. Go look at how God blessed his people when they begin obeying his word. Uh, I've been in ministry now for over 30 years. I've heard two testimonies for that time about tithing. Consistent testimonies. You know, scripture says in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Okay, here are the two testimonies people have said to me. Tithers consistently have said to me, We are so blessed. Boy, it all changed when we began tithing. We are so blessed, Pastor Robert. We are so blessed. That's what tithers have said. Here's what non tithers have said I can't afford to tithe. That's their testimony. I can't afford to tithe. And and again, not mean, not rebellious people, just I can't afford to tithe. Listen to me, you will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Because tithing is what breaks the curse and rebukes the devourer. As soon as you start to get ahead, something else will break. Because the devourer. But tithing is what rebukes him. Okay, Um, let me give you one more illustration. Um, Jason and Steve, and Todd, will you guys stand up? And if you guys will move down kind of toward Todd there and so that they can, everyone can get, a, you can get a shot of them for the other campuses and churches and all. Okay, um, uh, I'm gonna give you an illustration. Let's say that I say to these three men, I'm, I'm gonna go away for a while. And, um, and I've provided for Debbie, but I wanna provide some additional funds for her. But I want to channel or funnel those funds through you three men. So I'm going to send all, each of you $10,000 a month, okay? <laughs> Jason, don't get that excited. This is just an illustration. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I'm talking to Debbie every day and I say it to, to you, but I want you to give Debbie 10% of it, $1,000 a month, and you can keep the 90%. Just give my wife 10%. So I'm talking to Debbie every day and, and letting her know, you know, it's an extended trip, but I'll be back in several months. I have to be gone. And after about three months, I, I think about these other funds and I say, hey, how are the funds coming in from the, the three guys? You know, And uh, she said, well, uh, Jason sends $1,000 a month. Just like you said, as a matter of fact, it arrives like January 1st, February 1st. I mean, he's like clockwork, it's $1,000. So good, good job, okay. Um, I said, well, what about Steve? She said, well, Steve is sending 2000 a month. I said, 2000 a month? I, di- I didn't ask him for 2000 a month. I just asked him for 1000 a month. I know. I said, well, why is he sending 2000 I don't know. He just sends $2,000 a month. I said, well, what about Trader? Uh, Todd, sorry, <laughs> Todd. <clears throat> I said, what, what, what about Todd? She said, well, we, we need to talk about Todd. <laughs> I said, well, why, what, what's Todd doing? Well, the first month he sent 700. The second month, 400. And this last month, he didn't send anything. Okay, now I want you to think about this. Think about this. How do you think that makes me feel? And I'm giving him the 10,000, it's coming for me. And I just asked him for 10% for my wife. He can keep the 90%. Hey, what do you you think I'm gonna do? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna send him any more money because he's proven to me he can't be trusted. And I'm gonna take what I'm giving him and I'm gonna give it to Steve and Jason because they've proven they can be trusted. Okay, you you guys can sit down. Okay, now think about this. Jesus said, I'm going away for a while. Is that right? I'm going away, but I'm coming back. But while I'm gone, I want you to take care of my wife. 10%. You can keep the ninety. Um, let me just, just to remind you, is the church the bride of Christ? Yes. Okay, listen to me very carefully. Tithing might be more personal to Jesus than what you thought. Because it's his wife. He has the power, and if you say, well, I can't believe you just take it away and give it to the others. If you don't think Jesus would do that, read the parable of the talents. When he took from the one that wasn't faithful and gave it to the one who was faithful. He wants to provide for you. But why would he provide and bless people who will not even be concerned about his wife? Praise
0: God. A great word. Amen. Praise God. Um, I know earlier in that message, he said something we've said here many times. Church is doing fine. Church is going to be fine. But our desire is for every one of you to live a blessed life. That is our desire. And so that is our intent, even in showing this video today. I want to ask you... um, or something, I want to ask you to please just remain seated. Please don't slip out. In just a moment, we're going to receive God's tithe and offerings, and then we're going to go into an altar time. So please, even through both of those, don't, don't slip out until we dismiss. And It's not going to be long. We've actually stopped a few minutes early. So uh, thank you so very much. But I want to ask you as a follow-up, what is God saying to you? What has God said during this last 30 minutes or so? What has God said to you? You know, we don't want you to have an emotional response to this. No, we believe when we're not in line with the Word of God that the Holy Spirit will convict us. In other words, He'll convict us, make us aware of where we're going wrong, how we can turn and go right, and walk in the blessing of God. So we want the Holy Spirit to convict us. And then we want that Holy Spirit conviction to turn into a biblical conviction. That means 10 years from now, we're gonna be tithing because we really believe this. Years ago when I first heard it, I was not only spending my tithe, But my brother was sending me money when I was in college, and I was spending his tithe. And when the revelation of tithing came to me, I stopped and was getting his tithe, and and, uh, I started giving instead of spending God's tithe. And here it is all these years later. It's a conviction, a strong belief in something. And that's what a conviction is, a strong belief. So today, I challenge you. You say, hey, I, I don't know how I can. Years ago, I said to someone, a relative, they, they just said to me, Carl, I, I, we're broke. We don't have any money. And I said, well, then you might as well test God and tithe if you don't have any money anyway. Why don't you go ahead and tithe what you got and see what God will do. That's what I want to challenge you with. It may even involve a lifestyle Change so that you can line up with the word, it will be worth it because God will be more than gracious to add back to you anything that you take away in the interim. Praise God forever. We want to see you blessed. And when they started to tithe, as he read earlier, the blessing started coming. Ushers help us and We're going to have Pastor John come out. He's going to lead us in a course as we give this morning. And as soon as we finish giving, we're going to go right into an altar appeal. And so please, as I said, if you just remain seated, please. So let's pray and uh, let's start the test God, if you need to. Test God. And let's start seeing the blessing come our way as God rebukes the devourer and opens the window of heaven. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for all of those in this building that have been tithing already. God, I thank you. They are walking under your blessing, and they are seeing the rebuking of the devourer. Lord, I thank you for them, and for all, Lord God, that for whatever reason have not. I pray today that this conviction of the Spirit, of the Word of God, would become real to their hearts. Lord God Almighty, you can help them to manage everything above the tithe. Lord, they cannot manage it all themselves. God I ask you to help them put you to the test and see the blessings start to come their way. In Jesus' name amen. God bless you as you give. And let me say, if you've never downloaded the app, download the app. Pastor John, bless
2: you. On your love, it is a firm foundation. And I will put my trust in you alone. And
0: You Buy your heads with us, please, all over the building, and ask. I ask again, please, 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 no one's slipping out at this time. The most important thing, of course, is this God wants your obedience if you're a believer, of course, but He also wants your obedience if you're not a believer. If you don't have Christ living and reigning in your heart, you're not serving the Lord. He wants your obedience. To do what? To accept him, to repent, to turn to him with all your hearts. And there are people in this building. There are men in this building. You need Christ. God's been dealing with you for a long time. You're a father. You need to be the spiritual leader in your home. There are women in this building. You know you need Christ. And there have been times that you made a, a commitment of sorts, but it, it just was not something you followed through on. So today, I want to ask you, isn't it time you said yes to God? Isn't it time that you put Him first in your life? Isn't it time that you quit worrying about what somebody thought, or what they were going to say to you, or what something you did that you didn't you wanted to keep doing? Isn't it time that you put all of that aside and said, God, yes. I need you. I'm tired of this life that I've been living. I need you. And with heads bowed and Christians whispering a prayer across this building, if that's you, you need Christ. You need to get right with God. Right now, I want you to just slip your hand up high all over this building. Just slip your hand up high. Lift it up high. God bless you. Others, quickly. God bless you. Others, in the risers, lift your hand high here on the floor level. Lift it up. Lift it up. That's you. God bless you. Others. You need Christ in the back. God bless you. Others. Just lift it up high. God's dealing with you by His Spirit. How do I know? Because I can remember when He dealt with me. And every believer in this place can remember the same thing that you're going through right now. Fortunately, we said yes. And this is your opportunity to say yes. Anyone else? Anyone else? Slip your hand up high. There's somebody in the risers. What would stop you? Yes. You're on the floor, God bless you, young man. What would stop you from saying yes to God? What would stop you from serving God? There's only two eternal destinations, heaven or hell. What a choice. What person would possibly make the other choice? No one wants to, but by their omission of the first, they make the second. Heaven awaits you, lift your hand. Heaven awaits you, lift your hand. If you haven't done so already, join these others. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch these and every other person here that needs to surrender their life in Jesus' name. Stand with us, please, everyone. As I said, we'll dismiss in just a few moments, so if you'll remain steady for a few more, please. But Pastor John is always just going to lead us in a chorus, and when he does, I'm going to ask you, were you serious? Were you serious when you raised your hand? Of course you were. So I want to ask you to do something with that. Which the holy spirit is doing in your life i want to ask you to make your way to this altar and pray come to this altar and we'll have people that can pray with you but the most important thing is that you pray and acknowledge you're a sinner you need salvation you need god to wash your sins away so right now as pastor john leads us Slip into the altar. Make your way here. There are others that you need prayer for something else, maybe healing, maybe uh, financial, maybe marital. Whatever it is, slip Holy out and come. Let God touch you at this altar. No like Jesus. You. Jesus. There Jesus. Jesus.
2: You. Jesus. Open up my open, eyes open. In
0: God Almighty. And
2: show me who you are and fear. Your heart and lead me
0: in your love. There are others. Others slip to this altar. You raise your hand. Maybe you didn't. Slip to this there altar. Do it now. No like Jesus you. my God. Jesus my God. You. My God. Open up my Jesus, my God, in my God and my Lord. Oh, who you are. Yes. Yes. yes, there are others that are still coming. Please, we ask people not to leave yet. We'll dismiss in a moment. Jesus, yes, yes. Others, there's still time for you to come. There's still time for you to come and pray. Do it now, do it now. Slip out and come, do it now. The Holy Spirit is gripping your heart. You know you wanna be in this altar. Don't leave this building until you come this way. Father, in Jesus' name, yes, yes. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else in this building? Yes, people are still coming. People are still coming. Jesus, Jesus. Oh my goodness, slip your hand in this direction, please. There are people. We need some more altar team members. If you work in God encounters, quickly move to this front. Men praying with these men and ladies, preferably praying with ladies. Pastor John's gonna lead us in this chorus, and I want you to pray. We have no idea what needs are represented at this altar. There's not only a need for people to give their heart to Christ, there's other incredibly impressing, pressing needs upon people's lives. So pray diligently, the Bible says. Lead us, Pastor John.
3: Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for your presence here right now thank you God for those that have taken the step to move towards you Lord God by coming down to these altars and even those that are reaching out to you over our broadcast today Lord we thank you because we know that they've been drawn by your spirit and we pray in Jesus name that your spirit would do a mighty work in these lives God that where salvation is needed salvation would happen where deliverance is needed there will be deliverance every chain broken Lord God I pray in Jesus name there will be freedom Lord I pray the families would come together that where answers are needed answers would be given God I pray that turnaround would happen in lives Lord God where they're just seeking you to do something miraculous Lord where there's healing needed God I thank you in Jesus name that you are meeting every need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus and I pray Lord God that each and every one of us under the sound of my voice that when we leave this time together God that we would take your word with us that God we would take your spirit with us that we would walk with you daily Lord and see you speak to us and lead us and guide us and surround us with your love and your favor I pray blessings of Upon these families I pray blessings upon these hearts and minds God and I pray that when we come back together if it be your will God we'll come back together with praise and glory for a God that's moved mightily in our lives we love you and thank you in Jesus mighty name amen and amen God bless you church we love you so much blessings to you this week have a great one and we hope to see you again very soon